Welcome back. It's time for customers who collect. Possibly the hottest topic for brands right now, especially with that deadline just around the corner. I am, of course, referring to the migration to GA4. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing a little bit about GA4, but also generally the importance of quality web analytics, how to identify the metrics that actually make a difference to your business. My guest today is Courtney Lindau, a partner at Nimble Gravity. They're experts in data science and analytics. Let's get her on now. Hi, Courtney. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind just give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, your background, and how you've got to where you are? Yeah, of course. So my name is Courtney Lindau, and I lead the web analytics practice at a consultancy called Nimble Gravity. And Nimble Gravity is really focused on the passion of data. Like we love driving interesting and complex, challenging analyses with data for our clients to help answer their biggest business questions. We have different practices with e-commerce, strategy, web analytics, data science, and so much more. And I really am focused on everything with kind of the e-commerce web analytics side. So helping to track customer different data about their web analytics, everything that you'd need to know about what's going on your website and whatnot. And I really kind of found my way to web analytics by accident. So I started my career by getting a degree in marketing. And from there, I got my very first job from a teacher who connected me to a boutique marketing agency in Denver, which is where I live. And from there, I just kind of found that I absolutely loved everything about analytics and data and being able to make really interesting decisions based on data and help customers drive more performance from data. So I worked at the marketing agency for a couple of years and then went on to work in-house at an electronics components company for about five years where I got to learn like really in-depth data analysis for a single client. And then I missed getting to work with a lot of different websites. So that's how I found myself at Nimble Gravity a little over two years ago. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Cool. So how do you help brands get their customers clicking? Yeah. So I love getting to see different companies' data and how every website is just a little bit different, even if it's kind of similar characteristics of like apparel companies. Maybe they're you're thinking t-shirts, so it's all apparel, but there's still always something a little bit unique about every business. So to get customers clicking, I always want to start with making sure we're tracking data that is unique to that company that actually gets us those data points that help us understand exactly like who's coming to the website, where they're coming from, and what they're engaging with, like what marks a, the typical type of engagement on the site and how we drive more of that engagement whether that's a company that's driving leads or a company that has like an e-commerce platform, really making sure that we have all of the data points we need so that we can start to measure that marketing side of getting people to the site effectively, understanding like what campaigns drive the best type of users that are most qualified for getting conversions there. But really, it all starts from tracking data about that website and that specific business so that we can understand who's clicking and drive more of those people clicking. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you generally find the, the kind of state of 
analytics at the moment. Like when you start with a new client, are you finding a range of like some clients have it all sorted and they're great, or do you come across any common uh, issues with uh, setups? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So we always start with an audit to get kind of a lay of the land of what's currently set up and how it's been set up in the past, what they've liked to use in the past. We do find a lot of kind of similar challenges for companies that haven't done a ton with web analytics in the past. We see a lot of issues with the basics of maybe duplicate page views firing in certain places or that they just don't have any custom data. Or if we see that someone may have had a really complex implementation in the past and their person that used to manage it is now gone and then it's just been kind of chugging along without much management. We see a lot of that too, where people just know that they have a lot of data, but don't know how to make any sense of it, or the person who was making sense of it is gone. So having an audit is a really good starting place to figure out what is there and what might be missing. And then from there, once we've kind of identified, okay, is this data accurate? Is this really something we can start making decisions from? Look through a more strategic session of what are we missing? Like, what is the wish list of questions that everyone's always asking, but they can't seem to figure out how to get there with the current data set? So is there a question that everyone keeps asking in every meeting and they don't know how to find it in the data? That's really where we kind of start to go next to enhance whatever they currently have. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so what are the basics? What are the like essentials? that any e-commerce brand needs. Yeah, I think the main basic is accurate data. So starting with that audit, making sure that things are tracking correctly, something that you can trust and feel confident that I can make decisions based off of this. And I know that the decision I make based off of this is actually going to lead the result that I'm expecting. And it's not just kind of a shot in the dark. But once you can identify that, yes, I trust this data, it's making sure that you have all of your conversions tracked. So if it's a t-shirt company, making sure that you're tracking that people are buying the t-shirts or visiting the webpage that has the t-shirt descriptions, having all of that tracked so that you can see the journey from getting from the homepage, from whatever marketing campaign, all the way through to completing the goal of buying a t-shirt and any sort of micro conversion that might go along to that path so that you can see where people might be dropping off from the funnel or if there's like a frustration point we want to be able to identify where that frustration is so that we can fix it and have that a better experience for the customer so those micro conversion points you mentioned would you still advise them keeping those generally quite high level so i guess things like add to cart you know that stuff related to purchase journey or would you go into all the different actions, like the individual actions and clicks someone has to take? So for example, if they're in a clothing store, would you recommend like as a kind of a set of basic essential tracking people who select a size option or a color of a product? Yeah, I... Or is that like another level of detail? I typically suggest, yes, that you want to track that level of detail you definitely want to start high level, make sure you have your ads to cart, your product detail views, like all of the kind of basics need to be there first. But then getting into 
how people are interacting with like the size selector or if there's like a size chart that they might be able to click on and open up in a pop-up or something. Being able to see how they're interacting with those things before they add to cart adds so much more to answering the question of why didn't they add to cart? You know, because if you don't see ads to cart as much as you want to, you're going to ask why. And then having any of those small clicks on the way to the add to cart will really help to make sense of, oh, we found maybe that if people engage with the size chart, they're X percent more likely to add to cart because they feel more confident that they know that the t-shirt is going to fit them. And then they don't have that concern when they're adding to cart in the size medium that they think they're going to want, whatever. Other things on the page that they might even want to track beyond just those clicks are things like, are people scrolling down to read the full description of the product? If there's like several tabs that you can kind of expand to get more information or like Maybe it's like an electronic product that you want some sort of insurance on or something like that and get more details about like, okay, if this is a big purchase, maybe it's an expensive purchase. Are they engaging with all of the different things that might give proof that it's going to be exactly what they want? And having all those things tracked really gives you more insight into how they're getting onto the site, what they're doing on that site. If there's certain features on that page that people seem to have a better conversion after interacting with. That's also a big one with making site improvements. So you might find like maybe there's some content block at the very bottom of the page that you find that users, if they engage with it, are way more likely to purchase. So with that data, you'd be able to say, let's bring this up to the top of the page. This is what they care about if they're going to convert. Decisions like that are really valuable with that kind of data. Yeah, and I think it also obviously applies to anything you add to the site at a later date. So particularly things like upsell, upsell tool, bundling tools and things. Those tools are really good at giving you the information uh, that makes them look good. <laughs> so they'll tell you the take rate, the conversion rate of people who are upgrading or are taking those upsells. But what you don't get, obviously, is whether or not it's impacted your overall conversion rate. Right. right so they'll tell you, yeah, out of the people who saw this, your average order value went up by this amount. The conversion rate for people who add this to cart goes up, but then you don't know how many people have just been put off by just seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned like there might be a content block or something at the bottom. That's that when people see it, it improves their conversion rate. It, how can you identify some of these things? Is it just a case of tagging up pretty much everything on the site? Or... Should you be approaching it, I suppose, from the, from the point of view of, is this piece there to sell and therefore should be tagged? Yeah, that's a really good question. I try to avoid the tag everything mindset because then you end up with a lot of messy data that you don't really know what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> so it's definitely from a strategic point of view of making sure the things that you are tagging have some clear type of decision you can make alongside it. And focusing on pages that are most closely related to the goals of the site. So things like a product details page, if you're an e-commerce site, you probably want a lot more tracked on that page than maybe the About Us page or some of those other more details pages that are a little bit more about the company. You might not need 
quite as much click tracking on those because it's not what you're primarily focused on from like a conversion rate metric standpoint. Yeah, I suppose you could be looking at, you just need to look at when people see this page. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? If it's the about us page for the company, people view this page or even like the shipping page, returns page. If people view this page, do they yeah, better or exactly. worse? That's about it. You probably don't need to know uh, where they've scrolled to, whether they've yeah. certain things. Yeah, exactly. And in, the, in most web analytics tool, you get a lot of the basic, how much time on page were they spending on that? That gives you a lot more if you wanted more detail of how long did they spend on the About Us page. But beyond that, it's really just the high level, did they go there or not? So then the pages that you really want to focus on, the more complex tracking are the ones in that conversion funnel or things like maybe your homepage. If you have a lot of different places that they can go from the homepage or kind of campaigns that you're running on the homepage, that might be where you highlight there's a 20% off coupon or feature a certain product. Those are also things you'd want to track because that kind of starts the lead of their funnel through to conversion. So that's really any of those pages that are going from homepage to purchase, or if it's a lead generating site from homepage to sign up or demo request or whatever that might be, so that you can really see where people are dropping off in that funnel or those items that they're engaging with that leads to a higher conversion rate. Yeah, cool. So if you were putting together a KPI dashboard for a brand, how do you determine what the the actual key key KPIs are? And I suppose like how do you stop how do you make sure you're not over just o- like over tracking, over over reporting the data? Because I've seen reporting dashboards that get put together and they're track- tracking like twenty different metrics, mm-hmm. including things like bounce bounce rate, traffic to the website, time spent on the site. And I guess it really it's like how important mm-hmm. is that information? For uh, in terms of the KPI dashboard. Yeah, that's a great call out. So definitely starting with, if it's an e-commerce site, you'll still want your sessions, transactions, conversion rate, probably your revenue and AOV. And those are like the typical five, I would say, for being able to see what levers you would need to understand. If one of those is down, then you'll go to another report and dig into like why it's down. But those are the ones that will at least help you measure the health of the business overall is just seeing what from week to week or whatever the time frame is to monitor that you're driving those conversion rate. And of course, everyone's looking at revenue. So those are really the top ones. Things like a bounce rate or an average time on page, it's definitely a supporting metric. So if you're seeing conversion rate is down, you might go look at that in like your regular web analytics tool to go understand why conversion rate is down. But from a KPI dashboard, I would start with those. And then if there's specific goals that are being tracked that kind of lead towards the funnel. So typically it's more of like a funnel type journey that you might want to see on a KPI dashboard from your typical purchasing buying funnel on the website so that you can start to see, okay, if our conversion rate drops, You can immediately see on the dashboard, okay, well, it dropped on this page. Okay, now we can go figure out with all of our tracking that we tracked on the PDP, the PDP is down, we have less people reading the product details or adding to cart from that page. Now we can go look at all those metrics we have tracked there in another view that helps us understand why that happened. 
But that's, I think, the most important is being able to see that funnel on a regular basis and get really comfortable with what the normal drop-off rates are and when it's really good and why is it really good or when it's bad, what went wrong. Yeah, I suppose like using the upsell pop-up example again, you could get that tracking in place. So let's say you installed it today, you get the tag in place so you know how people inter- who interact with that convert, leave it for a couple of days maybe, check check the conversion rate. If conversion rate has changed, then you could go look at it and say, well, has this had that impact? Yeah. So you don't need that on the overall KPI dashboard. You'd still just look at conversion rate. If there's been an impact and that's the only change you made, then that's the bit to go and to go and investigate a little bit. Obviously, I would suggest testing it yes. in the first place <laughs> as as well. That's obviously the safer way because you don't have to worry about that KPI dashboard so much. You're literally just looking at that A/B test result. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. What about like mistakes brands make with analytics? I suppose you, you've kind of briefly talked about over over reporting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? That, any other common mistakes you see pop up? One I see, it's not maybe a problem for every business, but it is pretty common that companies will get too many analytics types of tools in place and then not have a single source of truth. So when I've worked at with larger companies, sometimes they'll have a big budget and every time there's a new team member, the new team member has a, an opinion about which web analytics tool they might want to use. And then they go and get it and not realize that they have that tracked somewhere else. Or even just things like looking at your Facebook data for Facebook decisions versus GA data for Facebook decisions. And really it comes down to like making sure you have a single source of truth of where you're going to make those decisions from. So if you are in a company that has maybe a couple tools that all traffic, it's deciding which tool are we going to use to really measure traffic as our like KPI for traffic because every tool kind of has a slightly different way of measuring. They all have kind of their reasons for doing so, but it can be really confusing if you're seeing one number here and a different number for the same metric in another place. And then I've seen a lot where people will kind of argue for one or the other and then they don't know which one to make decisions from. So making sure if you have multiple tools, you decide this is the place we decide how this thing is going to be measured on. So if it's like Facebook, maybe you just look at the Facebook tools and know that GA will have some different reporting because of different attribution models or vice versa. You use Google as a single source of truth. Either way, you just want to make sure that you decide ahead of time what you want to use as the source of truth for that metric. So that it's not an argument between your teams of which one you want to use or which one's right later. Yeah. Obviously, you you want to make sure they are tracking. Yes. But when it comes down to a discrepancy, it's not really a case of it doesn't really matter which like which one you choose, does it? As long as you keep using the same one and keep using that same report. I remember I spoke to a business a few months ago, maybe late last year. And they were well aware that this other analytics tool they were using was tracking, I think it was something like 20% more sessions than Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. Like there was quite a significant difference. And they said they didn't really know why. They couldn't work it out, but it was consistent. Mm-hmm. So they were happy. They were kind of happy to, uh, uh, all right, they probably weren't happy to use it, but you know they accepted yeah. it. 
right? And they said as it's consistently about 20% over. So we don't have to worry about that too. Mm-hmm. Right? We can then just look for those changes. Yep. I remember one of the companies I used to work with, we, we had certain alerts set up. So if certain metrics changed by a certain amount more than the average on a single day, there'd just been an alert pinged out to that team. So you could go and investigate. And that, that was whether it's positive or mm-hmm. negative. So for example, conversions, if it just shot up 30% one day, you know, due to get that notification, you'd go have a look. Yeah, so it's not that, yeah, even though, it might just be a campaign or something that's gone out, caused that spike. Yeah. It's something to go check because obviously if no campaign has gone out and then there's been that spike, then it's something you, you look into and you say, well, hopefully a positive thing, unless it's a tracking issue, like what caused this yeah, spike. Yeah, exactly. What about like the key considerations when reporting on data? So it's all fine kind of building out these dashboards, but obviously like that's, that is just reporting. Yeah. So... How do you report in a better way? Yeah, I think one of the biggest starting points is making sure that kind of going along with making sure you have a strategy in place and not just tracking every single point. It's also when you're building the tracking, making sure it's really clear to people who will be doing the reporting what the metric actually tracks. So if the naming is funky or hard to make sense of, then you could end up reporting on something that you think will answer the question and it doesn't. Or with universal analytics, a lot of times you'd see that people would try to report on a metric that was hit scoped, which should be looked at with events and page views. And they'd try to look at it with sessions. And Google would give you a number, but it wasn't really tracked the right way. So that was another thing where just making sure you had the right scoping for whatever metric when you're trying to pull it into a report. So just starting with knowing what you're going to pull into the report, making sure that it's going to answer those questions. So understanding like how it's tracked and is that actually the button you think it is that or the content block visibility tag or whatever it is that you think it is and understanding all of that. And then I think where I like to start with reporting is understanding what the question is that I'm trying to answer so that you don't start pulling in way too much. So if you're trying to understand like, why did my AOV change, making sure you're pulling in the metrics about like your average unit price and the quantity of products and things like that actually help get you to AOV and not just pulling in any metric that you think might be somewhat related without really knowing if it's related. So I like to start with my business question. What is it that I'm looking for? What are all the smaller components that lead to that? Thinking about the funnel and like what's relative on that funnel for that question that we were asking and then kind of pulling your report together from there. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's the asking the question, right? Does this really, does this metric really contribute to this? The the issue that we're looking at, if yes, brilliant, bring it in. If no, drop it i suppose if maybe what would you do if you're not sure yeah if maybe then i might put it there and just see what the data looks like if it looks relevant or i might even just do a little extra digging of before i pull it into more of an automated report or an even ad hoc report i might just go look at the data over time in the web analytics tool and just see okay what are the types of values i'm getting for this does that seem relevant 
where is this being tracked? Just ask a few more questions before pulling it in. I think it's also a case if you're using something like a Looker Studio or a Power BI where you can quickly add or remove metrics, you can always add it, see if there's anything worthwhile and then remove it if you're like, yeah. this doesn't seem like it's actually contributing. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Just pull it, yeah, put it and play around with it for a bit and then say, ah, it's probably not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What do you think about GA4? I Yeah, that's a good question. What's the state of this at the moment? Because I'm still getting access to analytics accounts, which are universal. Yeah. yeah. I'm first surprised that there are a lot of companies that haven't switched yet, given that we're really getting close to the transition date of July 1st for anyone who's on the free version of GA Universal Analytics. I think it's a really interesting tool. A lot of it is very, the more I get into it, I'm finding there's a lot of similarities with things that we're used to seeing in universal analytics. They might be called a little different, but some of the tracking is similar and then some of it is very different. So looking at the results of the same metrics, so there's a session metric in both universal and GA4 but the values you're getting are different based on the way it's tracked. So from a reporting side, it seems a little bit kind of easier to pick up some of the differences on the reporting side. But I think it's kind of a trap sometimes for people because they think, oh, it's sessions. I have sessions in this tool. It's going to be the same in GA4. And then they get overwhelmed when they see really vastly different data. So there's a lot of learning curve I've found with GA4 of just getting used to how things are tracked a little bit differently. Things like channels and the channel attribution is very different. So companies that have been looking at their channel data every day for years are getting overwhelmed with, wait, I am not seeing that my channel is getting as much credit as I was used to seeing in the other one. And just kind of getting used to like the new paradigm shift of how everything's tracked and like the new modeling that's in place for GA4 has definitely been an interesting challenge even though some of the metrics look the same you can kind of build the same reports that's a big challenge and then things are changing constantly so I am checking their release notes there's like a release notes page that you can find for GA4 and I think it's every two to three weeks there's a new update of some kind so I'm checking constantly because that's a really good reference for things like the channel groupings were added recently where you can create your custom channel groupings, which hadn't been there at the beginning of the year. And that was a big one. Being able to actually group your channels the way that you did in Universal Analytics is huge. So it's just constantly changing, which I think is so interesting too, that we're getting close to that July 1st and things are still being updated. So it's a really interesting place to be in within in the consultancy realm and getting to kind of help customers get used to the new data using things like BigQuery that gives you a better look at the data that's not sampled and kind of experimenting with new tools and learning how everything with GA4 works. Yeah. Have you got any recommended resources for anyone? Because I know I've questioned it and I've looked around and the general consensus seems to be that there's some good courses and things out there, but bear in mind, they're updating it so much so frequently, a lot of this stuff goes out of date pretty quickly. Yeah, I think because everything's changing so rapidly, 
utilizing Google's own resources of all their help articles about GA4 are probably the safest bet right now. There's a lot of blog articles around and there's a lot of just kind of like high level resources that you can find. Um, But like you said, they're changing so rapidly that there was one that I kind of was using for a while to look at e-commerce tracking and it's already kind of out of date with how everything has changed just in the last like six months. So I would say just kind of sticking to at least for now, a lot of the Google blog articles And then I think it's always helpful if you're finding that you're not seeing what you're looking for in those Google articles. Some of them are really confusing and link back to themselves in a weird way and don't really answer the question. I do like seeing what other analytics creators talk about and just see if like anyone else has seen the same problem. One thing, for example, is for customers who are on the free version of GA4, have a lot of people have seen that the data processing is like three days, potentially, depending on the volume of their data. But the Google article says that it should be within like 24 or 48 hours. So that's one case where it was just a matter of seeing what the internet had to say. And I follow a lot of people on LinkedIn and everyone was saying like, well, I'm seeing that it's about three days and kind of learning from what others are saying. But There's not really like one great source of truth for that right now. I'm sure that'll start to kind of manifest over the next six months to year as things start to get a little bit more stable. But for now, I just kind of Google search and see what the rest of the internet is complaining about at the time or what they've found. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think there's any chance Google would shift that deadline? Because of, I, I I mean, I don't know how much feedback they're getting on this, but Obviously, universal analytics is seen as pretty easy to use. So is this potentially something that's going to cause problems for a lot of smaller brands who don't have the option to move to an enterprise-level platform, data platform? And so maybe just say, well, we'll just use Shopify analytics instead and just use that. Right. I think since the deadline for GA4 has already moved a couple of times, a lot of people are hoping that it'll continue to move. But now that they've added like the countdown that pops up when you go into Universal Analytics really loud and the emergency you need to switch text at the very top header, I'm pretty confident that they're going to hold to this new deadline. But I am also concerned for all of the small companies or blog websites or any of those really small creators that aren't maybe using it for a lot of the custom tracking, but just need something that their data is going to get switched over to GA4 and then they won't be able to make sense of it. So it'll be interesting to see after July 1st kind of how everything shakes out and if it's something that people are able to kind of transition to and get used to by force because they have to or really like how that works out. I'm very curious to see. Yeah. Just before we finish up, is there anyone in the e-commerce marketing space or someone from a brand that you'd like to sit down for lunch with? Yeah, I was thinking about this question and I kind of had a couple different thoughts. But for some reason, the one that stuck in my head is kind of funny. But there's a company called Moose Jaw that has kind of the same types of products you might see at an REI and like outdoor industry products. 
but they have the funniest email campaigns and the best marketing that really gives their company like a brand personality. And I would just love to sit down with a couple people on their marketing team and just chat with them about what they see in the value of having that like really funny brand and kind of how they track their kind of user engagement there. And if they see a difference where if the email is like a bit more personality, do they actually like a higher conversion rate in those? Because it always gets me to click through. So I think it's a funny one. The other area, I would love to talk to someone who's working on the GA4 products right now to see like more like dig into their brain, what's what they're thinking about how all of this is going, if there's something that they're trying to convey that I would love to know with what they're working on with GA4. I'd love to just sit down with that team. Yeah. And just finally, if you've got one final piece of advice for brands. Yeah. I My biggest piece of advice is just be very strategic with how you're tracking your data, what data you're pulling in to report on, and know that there's a lot of really good basics that come out of even the baseline GA4 implementation. There's a lot you can make sense of from there. So if you're adding more to it, make sure it's really strategic and you're not just tracking everything so that you can really make the best decisions for your brand. Awesome. Cool. So if anyone wants to reach out and find out more from you, what's the best way to do? Yeah, probably the easiest is on my LinkedIn. So my name's Courtney Lindau, and I think I'm the only Courtney Lindau. So I'm pretty easy to find. So please reach out, message me. I'd love to chat with people there. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. The two most important things you need to know about your analytics. Firstly, is it set up and tracking properly? If it's not, it's going to be a disaster for your business. If it is, you can be a lot more comfortable with how you then use that data. Secondly, are you tracking and analyzing the right metrics? It's all nice having access to all that data, but you have to be reviewing the right data. Pick a few key metrics to monitor, things like amount of traffic, bounce rate, conversion rate, AOV, returns rate, and keep an eye on them. If you see sudden spikes or changes in them, then you can start to dig into them deeper, and that's where having clean analytics setup helps. If you'd like to hear more from Courtney, you can find her on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions, feedback, or guest requests, please send them over to will at customswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Phil Manson joining me. We're going to be talking about exploiting data you have to grab more share of customer wallets. But until then, keep those customers clicking. <laughs>